A while back, the Swedish Minister of Military Defense said to prepare for war. That was not what he meant, but his choice of words is deeply affecting our children. Let me explain what happened and why our choice of words is so important and especially for our kids. Here it's calling again. Life comes to my face. Good morning, loves, and welcome to the Self-Healing Podcast, a podcast helping you thrive through your healing journey. I am Lue, and I'm your guide through this journey. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok on L-L-A-L-A-L-O-E for daily affirmations, meditations, DIYs, body positivity and so much more. And shop my earth-friendly, size-inclusive and gender-inclusive tropical feel-good brand Lalaloe Mind Body Soul at L-L-A-L-A-L-O-E.company.site The first part of this episode will be in Swedish. If you are an English speaker foremost, skip ahead to 644. Hej honey, välkomna. Och framförallt välkomna till alla barn och unga som lyssnar på detta avsnittet. Jag förstår att ni är oroliga och att det är svårt att veta vem man ska vända sig till i en sån här situation. Jag vill att ni ska veta att ni inte behöver oroa er. När försvarsministern sa att vi ska förbereda för krig och kris så menade han potentiella krig och kriser. Inte att Sverige står inför krig eller kris idag. Under de senaste årtiondena så har Sverige rustat ner och satsat på annat än försvar och krishantering. Sedan corona har Sverige insett precis vilket utsatt läge en kris kan sätta oss i och hur viktigt det är att allt går rätt till ifall kris eller krig sker som påverkar exempelvis vår matimport eller som kriget i Ukraina där Sverige som var beroende av Rysslands olja för el fick enorma elpriser som gjorde det svårt för många förra vintern. Vi har även en större klimatpåverkan som leder till översvämningar och ökade klimatkatastrofer som vi behöver förbereda oss på kommer bli allt vanligare. Dessa kriser är vad vi behöver förbereda oss inför för att färre ska få det svårt ifall något händer som påverkar Sverige som land. Han uttryckte sig helt enkelt klantigt och även om det lät så så menar inte försvarsministern att det ska bli krig här i Sverige. Statistiskt sett är oddsen för att det skulle bli krig i Sverige låga. Och vi har ingen direkt större hotbild mot Sverige idag än vi haft sedan 2016. Det vi däremot ska vara beredda på är att vi ser en ökning av påverkningskampanjer och fientliga aktioner. Bland annat så sker sabotage mot infrastruktur under havsytan och cyberangrepp återkommande. Då undrar ju ni såklart varför detta händer och varför det är ett hot. 
Jo, detta händer varje gång USA närmar sig presidentval. I och med att Ryssland har en agenda i utgången av valet och tjänar på att länder polariseras. Därför försöker Ryssland påverka länders polarisering genom att sprida falska nyheter. Bland annat om ländernas regeringar. Ett land blir nämligen mycket mer påverkningsbart då det är polariserat. Dessa påverkningskampanjer och operationer för att styra allmänhetens åsikter sker främst på nätet och i sociala medier. Så ja, detta är ett hot, och ett hot som har funnits länge, länge. Men så länge vi är källkritiska, skeptiska till vad vi läser och hör och inte tror på information vi ser på sociala medier utan att faktakolla informationen först, så är det ingen fara. Vi vuxna har detta under kontroll och ni behöver inte oroa er. Tack för frågorna ni skickat mig om detta och bra jobbat att ni frågar och söker svar. Tveka aldrig att fråga. Jag vill också be om ursäkt till er för försvarsministerns ordval och hans vägnar och även säga att detta är en tabbe från vuxenvärlden som måste tänka mer på hur vi uttrycker oss i barn och ungas närvaro. Förlåt, det blev fel. Om ni vill ha fortsatt stöd eller en vuxen att prata med så är Bris jättebra. Du kan smsa eller ringa dem på 116-111 eller chatta med dem på bris.se. Det stavas b-r-i-s.se. Och jag uppmuntrar er att prata med era närstående om ni känner fortsatt oro. Det är vårt jobb att lugna er och se till att ni har plats att växa upp i trygghet och i er takt. Stor kram till alla oroliga barn och ungdomar där ute. Nu tar vi ett djupt andetag tillsammans. Och så andas vi ut all oro över detta. Ha nu en fin dag och ta hand om er. Okay, so that was a message for all of the kids and teens that has messaged me in the last month asking if Sweden is going to war. So a fast recap is that Sweden's Minister of Defense said that Sweden has to prepare for war or the war and chaos sprung on social media. That led to a whole generation of kids that today has social media from a very young age seeing messages saying that Sweden is going into war. And yes, social media often has an age limit so that people under 13 cannot join the apps. I think the youngest person messaging me was around 8. So yes, there is a limit, but a lot of kids are still on there. Anyways, now our kids and teens are worried as heck. And I completely get that. This was one of those times where the adult world completely messed up and forgot that our words matter, both when we are talking to adults one-on-one, -on -one, and even more so when we are speaking publicly. And most of all, when kids might hear what is being said without getting any context. 
So we have had a wave of kids coming to the doctor's office with severe anxiety, sleep issues, digestive issues, tummy aches, stress-related symptoms, and so on and so forth. What the Minister of Defense meant to say was that Sweden needs to prepare for a potential crisis. That includes crises like the energy crisis last year, climate crisis, epidemics, and so on. Because since Corona, we have found that it's been a while since we last had a crisis and that the routines, trading routes and support systems need to be updated and upgraded. The current threat to Sweden was of course increased by the war on Ukraine. But besides that, it is a bit of sabotaging underwater infrastructure, cyber attacks and polarization campaigns from Russia. As always, and they always increase when the US gets close to an election. This has been happening for a long time. And as long as we know that a lot of fake news will be spread in Sweden and about Sweden to polarize our population, as that makes the population more easy to steer, sway and manipulate, and we can have a critical approach to what we see on social media and take a skeptical stance, these polarization campaigns are not that scary. He did not chose the best words to deliver this message. That is all. And this, of course, traumatized our children. The good thing that came out of it is that it sparked the conversation regarding how much our youngsters actually see and hear and how much we can accidentally traumatize them from just saying stuff with a bad choice of words and without any context. So for the coming week, I want you to think about this. Speaking around kids and young teens is a massive responsibility which we often forget, treating them as tiny adults, while they are actually in vulnerable and critical stages of development. Further complicating this issue, we often don't teach our youngsters to speak up and ask questions when they get scared, which contributes to kids thinking bad things will happen and often carry fear, guilt, confusion and the responsibility of stepping up for their parents' and siblings' sakes making them have to grow up faster than what is good for them, to live up to those expectations and to being able to handle all of those complicated and heavy feelings all on their own. And this sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not. For us, it might just be a bad choice of words. For them, it may lead to mental and physical health issues for years to come. Our frontal lobe is not fully developed until we are 25. So yes, you might think that your 15-year-old is able to take the information and make sense of it without explanation. And they might be against the odds of their biology, but don't assume that. Give them context. Make sure to always give them context. It is better to over-explain than to explain too little. Because a kid or a teen's brain will fill in the gaps. And probably not with the actual context. But rather with the context made up of experiences they have gotten all on their own. From books, from TV games, social media, the news or observing society through their eyes. Just take me, for example. I grew up in a safe middle-class family. Everything was good. 
Yet, I took abnormal responsibility for my parents' emotions. And I grew up way too fast. For example, because my father always talked about money and how we always had too little money. So I tried to save up. I tried to give him the money I got. I tried to eat less food. I tried to not be a burden. He never told me I was a burden and I wasn't. They chose to have a child and their economics was good. But hearing him constantly complain about money, that was how my brain interpreted the situation. Okay, so that is why I don't have any siblings. Okay, so I was a mistake. Okay, so I am a burden. Okay, so it would be easier if I was not here. As an adult, I can see that our financial situation was totally fine and that that was a lot more about his past traumas with money than it was about our family's economy. And this applies to so many things. So what I want to say is that our kids hear us. They hear our worry, our fear, our disappointment, our anger, our irritation and our exhaustion. They hear particular words and parts of sentences clearly, and those will stay with them. But they can't interpret what we are saying as nuanced as an adult can. And they can't categorize the level of importance or alarm your words carry either, resulting in conversations that might be big and traumatizing for them might be minor for you. I don't think that it is ever wrong to give your kids the full story. Maybe spare them the worst parts. Actually, please spare them the worst parts. But as long as we tell them the details, the full scenario, and give them an overview of things, they can most often handle it well and without being traumatized by it. For example, yes. Tell them that you have experienced assault, but also tell them that there is some type of support system, that assaulting someone is illegal, that you don't get assaulted just by walking home after dark, because otherwise they will get scared of the dark and so on, which will limit them. Well, tell them how it made you feel, but also how you took care of those feelings and how you cared for yourself in that moment. Tell them that being assaulted is pretty rare. Well, that depends on the type of assault, but you get the point. Just hearing that you got beat up in the dark will not help them navigate life and will only make them scared. And not only for their own sake, but also for you. So suddenly you have a kid that is scared every time you take out the trash after the dark sets. And I know that this is hard. Extremely hard. I mean, how can we tell our kids that we got raped, that we got assaulted, that we were robbed, that awful things happened to us without scaring them and traumatizing them for life? Yet, if we don't tell them, it will be passed down, and in an even worse way, through unprocessed and unexplained generational trauma. It is always better to know the truth. So, deliver the truth, but do it with context and do it gently. And teach your kid to always ask. 
to tell what they just heard back to you in a conversation so that you can see if they interpreted it correctly and to always come to you if they have any questions. And make sure to always give context around statements. And if you suspect that they might have taken something the wrong way, always ask them how they took it. Get to the bottom of things right away instead of hearing them tell you how potentially your choice of words traumatized them 20 years later. Because none of us wants to be in that situation, right? And if you're a Swede and this conversation has not come up in your household, at least not yet with your kids, don't assume that they haven't heard anything because they most likely have. And if they haven't had anyone to talk to about this, their brains are probably trying to process this on overdrive. And they need your help in that. Right now, go ask them what they have heard about this and correct it so that they can feel safe. With that you are a safe space, a person they can rely on and feel cared for by. And not someone they have to protect first and foremost. So that they can just relax, be kids and be growing up at their own pace. Also, if you are a parent and you are here, listening to this podcast, trying to heal yourself, for yourself and potentially for your kids, good on you. That is awesome. You are doing such a good job and your kids will probably thank you for this one day. Well done, parent. Okay, that was all for today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Self-Healing Podcast. A podcast helping you thrive through your healing journey. And while waiting for the next one, listen to the previous episodes and go shop our earth-friendly, size-inclusive and gender-inclusive tropical feel-good brand, Lalaloe Mind Body Soul, at llalaloe.company.site. I wish you a great day today, loves, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye!